you know, my, my Christian beliefs were things that just kind of happened to me. And now, and now my, my beliefs that don't include that is also something that just like happened to me. Shit, how, how am I supposed to make this make sense in light of a, a both all-powerful and all-good governing personality in the universe? How am I supposed to make that make sense now? I think I have often, probably where I'm at, I've often persisted in communicating with God, even if I don't know if he's there. This is the airing of grief with Derek Webb. Conversations and correspondence about spiritual de- and reconstruction. Season 1, Episode 6, Chasing Empty Mangers. Hey, is this, hey. Hey, is this... Yes, it is. Hey, how's How are it going? You? It's Derek. Awesome. Uh, it's good to talk to you. Thanks for making a few minutes today. Oh, thank you for doing this. This is really cool. Absolutely. Um, so if if we're here talking, uh, then we must have some, some resonance or have had some and some... Uh, I'm curious to hear your story or uh, tell me what's going on. Yeah, so um, I would say that I'm trying to think the most concise way to say this, sure. so I don't ramble on. Um, I'd say I've I've resonated with your stuff and and in in interesting ways with sort of the progression of where you've been at over time. Mm. And so um, I think with this most recent record, the the resonance um, sort of. I guess the best way to step into the story would be that um, back in 2012, I stepped into the role of um, a, of being lead pastor at a church that I had grown up in. My my dad had pastored in the past. Um, I had served as a youth pastor and then had left for a while and taken gotcha. a job outside the church. Um, he stepped out of full-time pastoral ministry and was doing more itinerant stuff. Um, yeah. and the board there asked me to come back in Wow! as a pastor by that time. Um, a lot had changed for me, uh, theologically. Mm. And, and I think, um, just yeah, where were you at that, at that time? I mean, in terms like, yeah, like where how, I was how still you... going to the same church. Um, I think I was at a place where, um, back probably around maybe four years previous to that, um, a lot of, um, a lot of the things that I had once had uh, believed in a very, um, I guess maybe a better way to put that would be, I think growing up and into early adulthood, my faith and my understanding of faith were shaped by um, the stronger faith is, the more it looks like certainty. Yes. Um, and I grew up in a particular um, church setting that uh, dispensationalism was a big um, yeah. part of our belief system. And so my uh, uh, my understanding of God's word was, um, understanding of scripture was definitely shaped by this, um, by this very rigid way of 
coming at that. And so when pieces mm. of that started to break down for me, I didn't quite know what to do with it. Mm. Um, but I've always been, um, I guess, just uh, taken with the person of Jesus in mm. the Gospels and then also with my own encounters with what I would call the risen Christ. Sure. And um, so I was in a period of trying to understand everything from there, um, was reading a lot of N.T. Wright and other similar um, people trying to kind of chase down. Um, I think that the driving question for me at that point was, what does it look like to actually follow Jesus today? So um, long story short, I told the I told the church at the time, like they, they were aware of some of my wrestling and struggling. Mm. And I was like, hey, I can come, but, um, you know, how yeah. I teach and how I fill this role will look different. And they were okay with it. Mm. But I think as time went on, I just realized that um, – there was more and more mounting tension um, between who I believed I was called to be and who I thought that church needed as a leader and mm. what it even means to pastor and whether I was even comfortable with drawing my salary that way. Um, I had, I have two kids that are currently 11 and eight. And so um, I, I was trying to figure all that out. The stress mm. on my marriage is real. And then um, I'd say like about eight months into that, the guy who was serving as the associate pastor who I'd known since I was a child was, had become a great friend to me. And he stayed specifically because we had become close. Um, he moved out of the area to take care of his, um, his parents who were aging and needed help. Hmm. And so I was suddenly alone and um, I think experienced that as that aloneness, like uh, in some pretty like I think experienced depression for the first time in my life. Yeah, yeah. And in trying to process that, um, quickly just realized that like there weren't the current structure I was part of. I, there was no mechanism for me to like ask for help. Um, and then that snowballed, and I started to. Um, seek release from those feelings of despair in unhealthier and unhealthier ways. Hmm. And um, I ended up um, through a series of, like it was a drawn out decision process, but I stepped out of the role of lead pastor there and knew when I did that I wasn't going to be looking for another pastoral position. Um, Didn't know what to make of all of that. quickly felt like the friendships with the exception of one or two that I had there in that community just dissolved on me. Um, Mm. A lot of the people that I thought I was friends with, uh, as time went on, I realized that we had like a relationship and I I don't even know how to parse out today who's responsible for this, but I think I was a provider of a good that was being consumed and I had made it clear that I was no longer providing that. So those relations, relationships started falling apart. I also had kind of the, the, the feeling of like disappointing my dad, um, kind of hanging over me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, depression got worse at that point. Um, and as things went on, like leaning into whether it was alcohol or pornography or right. other fantasy means of escape, um, which in that sense, like uh, there were times <laughs> where I felt like your um, control album hmm. was in a kind of an eerie way, a soundtrack for me because I was trying to 
trying to enter into a space where um, I, I think I kind of core to who I am, what I've realized as time has gone on, that, that a lot of the drivers in my life up to this point have been um, my fear of rejection. Mm. And in that context, I was just painfully afraid of being rejected. And so um, ended up like all that kind of came to the surface, have been walking through the like aftermath of that with my wife and family and other friends for the last um, year or so. And uh, I, I left the church, that church in 2014 and didn't mm -hmm. know what I was going to do um, with like how to make like what a career would look like or anything else. And um, so in a lot of ways had felt like as that all unfolded, like the tra trajectory of my life that had been fairly clear, um, I felt like I kind of hit a wall mm -hmm. and the bottom fell out. And then when I looked up um, where there had been a road, there, there was nothing mm -hmm. and um, felt very alone and um the um definitely had those moments and still do um though it's not constant for me of like asking god where he was and feeling like there was right. there was silence on the line the tiny christmas tree the empty stockings hanging the house devoid of chaos and light while daddy's getting drunk The Peanuts kids are dancing There's no star atop the tree Tonight Cause I'm taking what you give The baby God returning Bringing peace to every house but mine. Um, so in that sense, the album's been um, a big point of resonance. I think wow. both um, there are days where that's my song, and there are days where like I wake up and and I I think the the weight of like experiences that I don't know how to how to attribute to anything but God are are larger for me. So it's kind huh. of a it's an interesting experience. I'm part of a a church community now that I feel like is a good fit and there's space for the um, uncertainties there. Mm. But um, it still is kind of a weird, it's a weird space for me. Um, yeah, I think that's probably in a nutshell, Man. like where I've been, where I'm going. <laughs> wow. And do you feel like that those, those days of pastoring or, or leading in that way are behind you because of what they require of you, of your, of your, the, the way that you personally look at the world that you feel like maybe you've lost or is, has so dramatically shifted that you just, you don't feel qualified to do that anymore or? Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like, um, I feel a lot of fear around stepping back into that kind of position. Right. Um, definitely from like a, like a all in, this is, how I survive sort right. of way. Yeah. That's terrifying. Um, I think that I've also come to grips with the fact that even if I have a lot of uncertainty, like I, um, there's certain ideas that still like loom large in my mind, like the concept of a calling or of purpose or something like that. And I find that wherever I go, I still find myself in relationships that like, um, pastoring as a verb, um, whatever that may mean, yes. like, like the concern for the care of someone's whole person, um, that 
plays a large part. And I also find myself un unavoidably <laughs> constantly coming in uh, contact with people who in one way or another have, have um, church experience in their past, often na with negative feelings, but are still, um, man, they, they would still say that the the spirit being like like a wind is something they're aware of and they're trying to figure out what it looks like to raise up a sail and try and yes. like catch that right so huh. i think in that sense like i mean i've i've like preached twice i think in the last three years at a in a church setting hmm. and i have mixed feelings about it like there's a part of me that like because that shaped so much of my like adult life was hmm. shaped around the rhythms of liturgy i to not be the same kind of participant in it is different. Hmm. Um, I think on my per for my person, like even with my uncertainties, I probably have more um, structured spiritual practices than ever before. Yes. Um, like I, I follow up like a loose version of like the rule of Benedict and yes. um, daily examine is like a huge part of how I close out my day. Hmm. Um, but I don't, you know, it's, it's just different. So I guess the, well, that's actually I what I was going to answer ask you. would be like, yeah, like I, I, in the future, I don't know what that, like, I don't even know what it means to, what it would mean for me to be a, a, a pastor in that, mm. in that sense. Yeah. Well, now that's, and I was going to, that's, 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 I really appreciate you sharing that. And that's one last thing I was going to ask you is in the, in the places where you have found detachment from it, what have you found on the other side? At, at, what have you found to put in its place or replace it with? Yeah, because um, I feel like that's that's one thing that I struggle with. You know, that I like trying to figure out what what goes in those empty slots now. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I have often, probably where I'm at, I've often persisted in communicating with God, even if I don't mm. know if he's there. Yes. Interesting. Right. Because I, I think, um, like in my mind, the difference between a skeptic and a cynic is that a skeptic like desperately wants it to be true. Yes. And so, yes. sorry, um, no. for me, that's, that's the space I, I live in. That's right. So, so I think that drives in a posture that says, like, I'm here. Hmm. Like, and, right. I, and I want you to show up. That's right. That's right. Man, I, I'm so deeply resonant. I'm so deeply resonant with that. And I, and I, feel, I feel like that's, if, I la if I've landed or I'm landing anywhere, it's, it's there. It's, I mean, to say, like, I, like, please, please show up. Please be there. Please, please you know, prove, right. me, prove me wrong in my suspicion of your complete absence. And, um, you know, I feel like I did it more actively for a long time and, and right. just got too weary and too sad of doing it constantly to total silence. And, yeah. um, and so I try to hold that space, but man, I think that's really, that's really insightful. And I think that's insanely valuable. And it's and it's really helpful for me to hear to hear that. I know that's a, that's a good word, um, hmm. man. Gosh, I, think, I, I can't say much. I appreciate it. Well, I'm grateful for the opportunity to hmm. to kind of share where I've been at. Absolutely. 
Another thing that um, has sort of, at, at periods, like, reinvigorated me with, with that some kind of sense of hope, mm. um, though I don't, it's different than any of the kind of hope I had before, right. and uh, certainty is kind of just gone, and, and I'm okay, I, I think I've come to grips with that, like, certainty is not something I'm after anymore, um, in the sense of, like, I don't know that I'll ever have it nailed down and be like, oh, yeah, no doubt this is exactly how it is. Um, right. But I found that um, within the community that I'm a part of, like sometimes even if I'm struggling to hear and to feel and to and to know whether whether God is present or not, when I see and hear stories of other people's transformation, like like we recently had some like baptisms at at church where it was clear like that there's like lives are changing. And so whatever, like some days, like, I feel like I can be like, yes, that's, I know exactly what that, what that is. God is working. And other days I'm like, I don't know how to explain that. Cause I don't know, like, you know, I, I just feel like I'm on the other side of the coin today mm. or whatever, but I still can look at that and be like, well, something beautiful is happening. And this, like, there is transformation. There is life. Not everything is falling apart. Mm. Um, and that can be a source of hope as well. So mm. I found that like that kind of community to be really helpful. Yeah. Oh man. I, I it's really invaluable. I, I can't say how much. I appreciate getting to talk to you about it. And, uh, I, I regret that our time is so short, but we, we let's, yeah. let's, let's find time to pick this up later. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for, for hanging with me for a few minutes. Hey, thank you. Um, it was great. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Let's talk soon. Cool. Thank you. See you, man. Bye. Oh, God, what have I done without your great permission? Knowing fully of the end at the start. Like a dirty goddamn trick, I either sin as I resist you. Or I do it as I'm doing my part So all my empathy To Judas and the devil They were yours as much in light as in the dark A letter Dear Derek Webb I think you've asked that we tell our stories just as you have weaved stories that echoed in my heart for all these years. There's a certain indulgence to storytelling, insisting that your tale is worth telling, but I'll trust that you asked in order to turn the tables on us, and we'll try to be brave enough to be heard. Storytelling sets us up to be something we're not, a static hero of our own tale, when we're, in reality, just our old, grimy selves. Fingers Crossed is beautiful, and heartbreaking, and true, and terrifying, and this album makes me afraid. 
A small part of me has long felt that your music might just get me through all this mess of post-evangelical adulthood. I thought maybe if Derek admits that this life is tough and challenging in ways I'm not comfortable telling people, then I'll be able to love my kids and wife and family and weird neighbors, even though I sometimes curse under my breath at and about them. And maybe it's okay that I angrily slam doors and drink too many beers on purpose and masturbate selfishly and wish I'd done and been someone different every once in a while. And maybe it's okay that I can't remember the last time I really felt like I had a friend or the last time I felt like I really prayed and God actually listened or responded. So when I heard Goodbye For Now and The Spirit Bears The Curse, just a couple weeks before its release in a basement house show in Delaware, Ohio, I sensed its beauty and irony and its palpable pain despite too many beers and my wife trying to convince you to travel to China to help kids. You see, now you've laid bare all the disconnected, lonely parts of me by doing so to yourself. My perfect life began to unravel in the midst of a medical residency. My wife and I were finally ready to have children. The only thing was we were infertile, and I was the problem. We were hurting in ways I couldn't express, and our very small church, which had seemed so genuine, now had no idea what to do with the sad young couple who grieved something they never had in the first place. Every public prayer's mention of families or parenthood was taken as a direct affront to me and my wife as complete humans. I entered a season of anger, confusion, and grief. I wanted to hide at church, not attend or God forbid worship. We found adoption and even had biological children despite ourselves. I have cried with a birth mother in prison and stood on the Great Wall of China creating my family. Years have faded some of the pain, but something was wounded in my faith that will never return. I have no more innocence to the pain and neglect that we as humans treat one another with through omission or commission. Things left unsaid can hurt more than awkward words of encouragement that I so desperately wanted. People who had no intention of serving God have taught me more about the person of Jesus. I remained a more liberal, more wary participant in Christianity, sure the church is a shadow of what God wants for us on this planet. Or maybe I'm too loyal and stubborn to deal with the reality of what the plot of my life seems to be hinting at in my own life. Maybe this is all for naught. And maybe that's the point of doubt, for faith wouldn't be a risk without it. I'll poorly quote Frederick Buechner, If there were no room for doubt, there would be no room for me. So I told myself that you were just doubting, and I doubt, and it's okay in the end. But I think maybe it's more than that. Maybe you don't believe in God anymore, and maybe that's okay. And maybe you don't believe in the church either, and I get it. But it makes me sad. It makes me afraid that someday I too won't believe anymore. It makes me afraid that persistence and loyalty and hope aren't enough. But that's not your problem or your fault. You are an artist trying to speak the truth in front of your face. So it seems I should have expected an entire album that explores doubt, given that I felt you've always sought to artistically portray your own humanness. And our doubts are so often linked to our own frailty, too often we as humans try to pretend we're certain, especially when we are anything but. It's that comfort with being wrong that has helped me to finally start the journey to become comfortable with myself. 
Not just that I'm doing what God has for me, but comfortable that God made me this, me, on purpose. And regardless of our beliefs, I think Bickner was onto something when he speaks of God's story being the plot of our lives. So story tell on. I know you've invited us to disconnect, but I think we've finally started talking. Maybe we'll survive this evangelical terrorism together, and we'll have our stories to tell. Grace and peace to you, Derek Webb. Hi, Derek. Hey, how's it going, man? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing fine. I appreciate you making a few I... minutes to, to talk today. Well, I appreciate you scheduling these things. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Uh, well, I mean, our, we, we have a little, we have a few minutes here. I mean, tell me, uh, tell me, tell me your story. Tell me what's going on. Uh, well, like a lot of people, it sounds like you have like a story that other people also really identify with or have gone through really similar things. Hmm. Um, I've, I've heard you on a couple podcasts recently, and a lot of the times the people that are interviewing you have like a story that's very similar, you know, kind of starting out in like the evangelical world and then, hmm. you know, kind of changing a little bit and maybe like getting a little bit more liberal with those things. And then, you know, maybe getting to the point where they start to kind of question it all together or leave it all together. And, you know, my story is really similar to that in that, you know, I grew up in a conservative, you know, evangelical church and from a very young age, you know, I like did the whole youth group thing all the time and, you know, was yeah. a big, was a big Cademan's Call fan, like through college. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, followed you as you left them. And then, you know, this is, I don't know, this is like in the mid to late 90s, you know, starting back then. And then through your solo career, and then, you know, I got married, and then you got married, hmm. and then I, then I got divorced, and then you got divorced. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, like, my faith started to, like, become really different, and then eventually to a point where I'm completely uncertain of everything, hmm. um, which I've kind of heard you kind of describe yourself similarly these days. Like, hmm. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying, like... I'm just massively uncertain <laughs> if right, it is. Right. Um, so it's just been like you're just an artist that I've you know identified with and really resonated with over all those years. So mm. just wanted to say like I appreciate it. And, yeah. Um, so tell me, gosh, thanks for for sharing all that. And tell me, like for you, what did you feel like were the? Do you even feel like you can look back and and point to moments or or um, particular things that you feel as though kind of tipped you over or pivoted you around that corner to where you realized you really were kind of uncertain about some of those things or where it fundamentally changed kind of no. how you, how you looked at the world. No, it's just massively like gradual. Like, 
Yes. The most the most gradual slippery slope <laughs> in the entire world. Hmm. You know how how people always kind of you know warned me as you know as a teenager even in college about you know about the slippery slope. Um, I was just on the most massively gradual slippery slope. Hmm. Um, and was that a result? Do you feel like of just the natural course of your life and experience you were having, or or was it a, was it a result of of trauma or, or did you, do you feel like that? No, that no. Yeah. Tell me about some of that. Yeah. No trauma. Um, I, these are called like airings of grief and I feel like I don't That's really right. fit into, I don't really fit into that cause I don't feel that much grief over it. You know, I just, well, no, feel that's like... true. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, and I, I know what you mean and I, and I feel somewhat the same in terms of like, I feel like I've never felt happier actually. Yeah. I've never, yeah. I mean, there, there are aspects of my life where I feel like I've never felt freer and, and happier and had more access to joy or felt more personal responsibility to as, you know, who was it? Gandhi maybe said, you know, to be the change you want to see in the world. I, I, I feel like I can own all that in a different way. And I feel like what was external is now internal, which I, which I like. Um, so I do know what you mean. And maybe it's just the grieving of something gone, you know, sometimes and oftentimes that can, that can be a good thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's no, there's no sadness with me with it though. You yes. Know, no... did, did you go through a period of sadness or did you, were you just, did you immediately feel kind of liberated? Yeah. And I don't think I ever really felt sad about it. Mm. Um, I also didn't feel like really free from anything because Hmm. Honestly, I had a pretty good experience with the church. Um, like it worked for me, you know. Yes. I'm like in I'm terms like of straight, like the institution or the system yeah, or the yeah, yeah. Like I'm a straight white male, <laughs> right. you know. Like it works for me. Yeah, so shit's uh, easy for us. Yeah, um, and so like I have great friends from that time still, um, though most of the friends that I'm still close to have gone through similar shifts, you know, in regards mm. to their faith and politics and things like that. Mm. Um, but going back to one thing you said that I think it was I don't know if you know who he is Doug Paget. Um, oh sure, well I, I yeah yes. Um, years ago I heard him on a podcast and I'm not sure where he's at these days. But one of the things that I heard him talk about that really resonated with me was that he talked about beliefs being things that happen to us rather than like the other way around. I think like traditionally we kind of think of. Hmm. beliefs are things that, that we arrive at, like by looking at the evidence and then like mulling it over and then drawing a conclusion. Yes. And when he said that beliefs are things that happen to us, like that completely resonated with me. Hmm. Um, both, both back then, like, you know, my, my Christian beliefs were things that just kind of happened to me. Yeah. And yeah. now, and now my, my beliefs that don't include that, is also something that just like happened to me. Right. Um, well, and there's a real sense in so, which depending on your, your school of thought or your school of theology, it's, it's very literally something that happens to you. I mean, it's, you know, it's Ephesians two, eight, nine, it's, uh, you know, by grace through faith, it's, and not of yourself, but a gift and nothing you, in which you can boast. And so it is a thing that is done to you and it's, it's, it's imputed righteousness. It's not a choice that you make necessarily yeah. depending on, you know, and obviously those things are theologically debatable, but that's how I grew up understanding it, or at least in my adult yeah. life. And so that's true. And that's, that is an insightful point. Yeah. I didn't have those like that strong of like kind of Calvinist, uh, sure. like an up, 
upbringing. Um, I kind of dabbled in it here and there. Sure. Um, so that like belief being things that happened to us thing was like earth shattering for me. I was like, yes. oh my goodness. Right. And then, and then the, the implications of that too, of like a God holding people responsible for this thing that happens to them and right. then like punishing them eternally, like for this thing that, you know, is largely like outside of our control. I mean, think about that's right. why people believe what they believe. You know, it's not like, I don't know, like, why does somebody like Donald Trump and why does somebody else like Hillary Clinton? You know, like they might say that they have some reasons for it and they might, but it also is just like, man, I just don't like him or I just don't like right. her. Right. Um, and then like right. the theology stuff is the same. And so like for a God to hold, um, you know, people responsible for, for these things that they believe just, you know, doesn't make any sense to me anymore. Hmm. Um, and like belief just seems like so much less important to me now. Like I'm yeah. just not that worried about what people believe. Yes. Whereas before, like that was the most important thing in the entire world. Well, like, and it's not, believe, it, that's right. Certain things. That's right. And it's not only that, but it's also, it's just like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's not only that it seems, but it's also the, um, the constant reckoning with or harmonizing um, of the things that we observe in reality and things that are occurring and squaring that with the grid through which I'm looking at it that helps oh, it make yeah. sense to me. And, and there, there was just this constant um, pressure of like, okay, shit, how, how am I supposed to make this make sense in light of yeah. a, a both all-powerful and all-good you know, governing, governing personality in the universe. How am I supposed to make that make sense now? And it was just, so I I feel like there was this kind of constant or in every conversation, looking at people in a way that was trying to constantly figure a way to make whatever their life experience was make sense in my worldview grid in order that, you know what I mean? Like like there was just, I feel like that kind of background processing that was going on all that low grade processing that was always kind of going on. Yeah. Um, I think I'm I'm a lot better to people yes, now than, that's right. than I was before. That's right. I feel the same because way. Because I can just I can just listen to them and just like be their friend and that's right. you know, whatever without worrying about, you know, anything else outside of that. That's right. Okay, so what have you found in the in the time since you've kind of gone through that and made that adjustment or that pivot in the way you see the world? Like what what have you found on the other side? Like what what have you what have you replaced those things with now in terms of like yeah. the way you see the future and the way that you like the play, like where you aim your hope or gratitude or anger, things like that, like that, that would have been where, yeah. where God tends to be an easy target. Like what, what do you, what have you found on the other side? I don't know if there's one specific place where I put it. Um, I'm still like a very like grateful I think mm. open, like positive, like loving person. Yeah. But it's just kind of like, it's just being that for the sake of being that and yes, not for anybody else or for anything else. It's just like, I'm still grateful for like the life that I have and, um, you know, like the world around me and all of that. And like, if anything, it's more, it's more meaningful and magical now because I think like, mm. well, this might actually be all, this might be all that there is. <laughs> Yeah. You know, instead of looking at the world as like, oh, uh, like, you know, this is this is kind of nice, but it's fleeting and really it's passing and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And this is all the yeah. prelude and yeah. the yeah, the warm up. Yeah. Yeah. So if anything, it's just like reinforced my like my appreciation for the world and for the people in it right now, because I, 
I feel like, you know, this very well could be, could be all there is. So we better like appreciate it and enjoy it, you know, now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It just helps you to be more present and more engaged yeah. maybe and really see the magic as yep. you said and like the things that are actually occurring and yeah that's good man oh i wish you had i wish we had more time we, we uh we need to spend some hours some more hours talking at some point but i can't tell you much i appreciate yeah, you I think... making making a few minutes today yeah i appreciate you setting these up absolutely it's good to talk to you you too derek i wish you the best in the future man thanks man you too we'll see you all right talk to you later bye so tonight I'll watch the skies For a sleigh and saint appearing Like a great star running out of space On this drunken Christmas Eve I gotta say that feels as likely As any one of you three showing your face So a toast to all my friends Who are lost and beat and bleeding Still chasing empty mangers out of faith Thanks for listening. To add your voice, lend your support, and meet our team, visit theairingofgrief.com. We are a community-backed project. Please consider joining our faithful supporters to help us keep the conversation going. You can learn more at theairingofgrief.com by clicking Become a Patron. And we'll see you after church next Sunday for The Airing of Grief. <laughs>